Things have been going so well for Baylor Athletics here recently that Kyron Drones leaving shocks all of us. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, everybody. Drake Toll alongside Director of Recruiting at Sports Illustrated, John Garcia Jr. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. The one good thing, John, that has happened in the last three weeks in the Baylor Athletics Department is Spotify Wrapped is out. And people are saying that Locked On Baylor is in their top five Spotify Wrapped. So if that is you, there you go. thank you. The Apple Podcast people, it's coming. Uh, John, that, that's about the only good news that I have for you today. I, I do have, to, I would like to share with you, though, that Baylor is now down to one, one singular, not even plural, singular scholarship quarterback on its roster. And I'm not a coach, John, but I, I don't think that is a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, look, in, in this day and age, you expect movement, you expect the portal to be something that affects your roster. I would say more than, yeah. than just annually, right? Uh, and something certainly that Baylor fans can understand now with uh, Kyron Drones hitting the portal. But yeah, not great for the bowl game. I think that will be uh, kind of a, however that works out under Dave Aranda, that will be fascinating yeah. just in terms of how uh, you game plan with that situation. Um, I, I don't have as intimate uh, knowledge of the roster as you do. I don't know if some of the yeah. receivers or DBs played QB in high school and where you bring in some wildcat packages with, with some of these talented running backs or however you figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, not, not an envious position to be in. But we do know come spring and especially fall, that QB room is going to look a whole lot different with, with a lot of more arms and variety mm. uh, in terms of what we see now. So, John, Austin Novosad's coming in, uh, and you know that name as well as anybody who's come on this show. He is one of the premier quarterbacks, top 10 quarterback in the upcoming class. So is there a realm? You know what? Before I even get into that, I want to know, do you want even that caliber of freshman stepping on the field and starting week one if you're Baylor or anybody? I don't know if any coach would tell you they wanted that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, if that's how it breaks, that's how it breaks. We've seen freshmen come in and, and do well particularly in this day and age where they're coming from high school offenses that are more sophisticated they're rpo driven they're pass driven so yeah. th there is more experience and i guess trust in that true freshman quarterback maybe than than ever before but it's not something that anybody wants to to deal with so i i do think uh, that that's something to keep an eye on obviously Novosad at worst today is your number two guy as a true freshman, you know, he's still in the playoffs, by the way, still rolling for Dripping Springs High School, which is not usually the case at that school. So that's a story in and of itself. Uh, 40 touchdowns is, is the total that I've seen recently to this point. Keep going, but, John. Yeah, Keep going. I love he's it. Still, he's still going to be a teenager transitioning to yeah. the Big 12 and, and the ever-changing Big 12. So that will still be a lot for any true freshman. And typically you deal with – if you do have to go with a true freshman, you usually work him in there pretty slowly, right? You focus on other elements of of the offense and allow him to kind of ease in to that process. Not something, again, that you ever want to do, but if Baylor has to resort there, it could be worse. There, there could be a lot of scenarios where the true freshman you're bringing in has no chance of – seeing the field successfully as a as a first-year guy. I do think Austin Novosad has that capability to succeed as a true freshman if called upon. 
John, I I pride myself on not asking long, convoluted questions, but buckle up, baby. Baylor, right now, as it sits, will have next season two quarterbacks, two scholarship quarterbacks, one being Blake Shapin, if nothing changes, two being Austin Novosad, if nothing changes. Blake Shapin, in September of this year, threw for 773 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception. John, some of us would call that good. In November, he threw for 783 yards, that's 10 more, on 27 more passes for three touchdowns and five picks. The opponents were much better, obviously, but you expect the progression from a third-year quarterback that Blake Shapin didn't give you. So your options are that or a true freshman, a damn good true freshman, but a true freshman. And, And really, it's a numbers game, too. This must mean Baylor goes to the portal for, at very least, a warm body. 100%. 100%. You have to do it. Uh, I do think you're in position to overhaul the, the roster at any position group faster than you ever have. And now you can do it with guys who don't have to sit out, who have experience in at least similar offenses or guys who athletically profile in the direction that you want your offense to go. Uh, so I do think there's plenty of names available. Look, it's not even December 5th, and we know a lot of big-name QBs are already looking forward to their next step, including starters, right? You know, the Tulsa quarterback had a huge year. Uh, He's going to be in the portal. Hudson Card has started games. He's going to be in the transfer portal. Just saw Oregon's Jay Butterfield, who's more of a pro-style guy, enter the portal. There's going to be a lot more names coming in. Cade McNamara has a ton of experience. He is, is expected to be in the portal. I'm hearing at least two more starting quarterbacks with production to their name are going to hit the portal. That may be... Folks aren't anticipating. So it's going to be wild uh, in portal recruiting for everybody uh, at every position. But, of course, quarterback is where the needle moves a little bit quicker. So I do think the timing of Kyron Drones announcing this probably helps Baylor. It probably helps them reshuffle the deck, use the back channels, uh, and, and say, hey, you know, when this thing opens on December 5th, can we act quickly? Because you know there are schools coast to coast that are trying to get that quarterback domino settled ASAP. So it's just like free agency in the NFL, right? Whenever the day is 4 PM, whatever day uh, it happens to be deals are announced at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's illegal technically to communicate, but the deals are, are in place already. So that is where the portal situations have, have moved towards in college football. So now between November 30th and December 5th, use your resources and find out who is interested in playing for a pretty darn stable Big 12 program that's going to stay in the mix. So that will be the task at hand for David Randa and company, because as you said, you have to, have to, have to hit the portal. Luckily for Baylor, a lot of different QB styles with QB experiences all over the place are already in the proverbial portal. So it will be fun to see just who tracks that way. A lot of these kids have ties to Texas and the state of Texas. So that will factor in as well and, and certainly not hurt Baylor's chances. So uh, you told me to buckle up for that question. We, we all need to buckle up for for that portal opening on the 5th because it's going to feel like Thanos bursting through it and everything's going to feel different thereafter. John Garcia Jr. with the pop culture reference, dropping it on us. Uh, John, that movie's got witchcraft in it. Us Baylor folks aren't allowed to watch that kind of stuff. Um, the, the, the thing that I, a lot of people are missing, Kyron Drones is a person. The transfer portal takes humanity out of football. 
these are just bodies throwing and running in on a field to majority of fans and analysts. When I think, though, about how Kyron Drones is walking, breathing, eating breakfast right now as we speak, it reminds me that he's got a lot in front of him. And he's a guy that I, I learned to love a lot while he was at Baylor uh, just for the way that he played. So talking about a guy, personality, what is the what's the best case scenario? Because when you've got that kind of quarterback competition in this portal, you saw Gary Bohannon had to drop down to a mid-major at USF. If you're Kyron Jones and have 300 yards and three touchdowns to your name, what can be next for that guy? It's going to, unfortunately for him, uh, it's going to depend on the top of the board, right? Uh, we mentioned multiple starting quarterbacks already in the portal. There's going to be another wave come, you know, the, the next few days yeah. that hit that portal. And it's going to revert, unfortunately, for a lot of these guys, it's going to revert back to how it felt in high school. Uh, you are as good as, as the market says you are. And those dominoes are expected to drop first with few exceptions, right? Outside of Caleb Williams last year, all the big QB portal dominoes fell kind of in the order of, of importance, if you will. So for Kyron, that's going to be the factor again. You know, a little bit of waiting could be mixed in. But again, self-awareness is a part of all of this, right? So if you're watching how it ha unfolded with Bohannon and understand that, hey, maybe dropping down is smart and you can get ahead of the curve with those groups of, of programs, you might be able to claim a spot sooner than you would have Otherwise, because we've all heard of the the, per, the portal purgatory and, and kids yes. not leaving the portal. I, I saw a number before we jumped on, Drake. It's almost 300 players from the FBS that have hit the portal. And that number already doubles. it already. doubles when you go down a level. Right. So you're talking well over a thousand FBFs and FCS kids hitting the portal or about to hit the portal. So uh, this thing at, at that position in particular is a true numbers game and it's cutthroat. It is absolutely cutthroat after that top layer. So self-awareness and self-scouting is a big part of that. So you would hope that drones and his camp understand that and, and they're using their own back channels to figure out what the market looks like uh, ahead of time, ahead of announcing for the portal. So to the point where you do, when you do announce as you did today, now you know, okay, I'm announcing it officially, and in these days, these schools are going to contact me, and then I want to have a decision by now. You hope that's the plan, but you just know, unfortunately, for a lot of these kids, it isn't. It's just a, hey, let's move on and see what's out there and, and adjust accordingly. Those are the cases that often don't work out uh, at, in the portal again, especially at the quarterback position where the numbers are so limited relative to just about every other position. John, uh, we've got a couple minutes for John's thoughts here. By a couple, I mean pretty much the rest of the show. Uh, and and I, what I wanted to do originally before this even happened was just ask you about the transfer portal, what it's become, and what that means for you and SI, and really Baylor's quarterback situation. But first, I'll tell the folks at home about Bet Online. So right now, Bet Online, where the game starts, is a money maker. When I tell you, I dropped the bag, as the kids are saying. On the team US, the team USA on team USA to beat who do they play? Iran, dude, so good. I also parlayed Baylor and USA money line seventeen dollars and seventy six cents, seventeen seventy six to win twenty eight bucks. It did not hit because Baylor got beat by thirty by Marquette, uh, but the US one did. The individual US one. Hey, I went in the other day. I put Furman money line, Maryland money line, Illinois money line, Miami Ohio money line. If you're not a better, that means nothing to you. But to me, it means free money at BetOnline.net. If you like free money and want to do that as well, 
responsibly. Go to betonline.net, your place for wagering, podcasts, sports news, too. If you name it sports-wise, they probably have it at betonline.net. Go check it out, mobile interface, or on your laptop, or however you do it. Rub two coconuts together and search Bet Online today. It's where the game starts. You can't start the game until you go to betonline.net. John, happy free agency. Um, it is... I, what is what does the whiteboard say today? Uh, team chaos. Team obviously. chaos. Yeah, because that's what December is going to be for everyone dealing with recruiting, portal, nil, roster management, and college football. So we root as journalists for the storylines themselves because trying to do this thing narrow like you are trying to do it uh, under that Baylor umbrella. God bless you because it is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> There's really no other way to put it. So. For me, I'm I'm just embracing it. I've just bought in, and I'm like, hey, I'm just rooting for Team Chaos at this point. It usually stems on the field where I'm rooting for upsets and just you know the yeah. great storylines in that oh, regard. No. But now, of course, it is is translated over to recruiting in the portal itself, where where hey, last year showed us this thing is crazy. We're gonna see all conference, all American players move on from from their from their posts to other schools just because they can. So it is going to be fascinating as it always is. John, ten years ago. Was it like, oh, December's here. Time to go on vacation. Let's, you know, rest a little bit. Signing day's over and we're done. Now is it feels like just a flood of, like your job just has to have changed so much in the last decade. This has to be insane. Insane's a good word for it. Yeah, we, we've all had to adjust, right? Um, you know, college coaches tell us all the time, it is, roster management is a problem. <laughs> there's And there's yeah. no quick fix to it. Um, but at the same time, you have to assimilate to to the new rules. And the portal a few years ago threw that on its head. Now NIL is there on top of the portal. So it's 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 on its head twice, right? So yeah. it, it is totally uprooted compared to where it was even five years ago, I would say, uh, where the kids were transferring slowly and it was mostly grad transfers or the conventional transfer. I'm homesick. Um, I'm not playing. Uh, whatever it may be. Now it's there's no logic going into these transfers. It could be simply money. It could be simply opportunity. It could be simply, hey, I, I just don't like my position, coach. So I'm going to yeah. move on. It is. It, it's there is no wrong answer as to why a player will hit the transfer portal. So yeah, trying to predict and project any of that is is team chaos in and of itself. Uh, but it's been fun. I, I will. I won't lie and say it hasn't been entertaining and surprising, which college football has always taught us on the field. But now it's it's everywhere surrounding the sport, yeah. where you should expect uh, the unexpected, like a, a team like TCU going undefeated under a first year head coach. Of course, TCU, who we all love and favor, John. <laughs> the I don't want to project this on Kyron drones because I don't believe it's a situation at all. But I'd like to know if it's going on in college football. I've heard murmurs of it, at least. And I want to know your perspective. So say just he's squarely an example here. A guy like Kyron Drones wants to transfer. Um, and, and a team like Texas is interested. It's completely hypothetical. They call his off-the-field quarterback coach who does his off-season training and says, Texas says, hey, we'd love to have this kid. And his training coach goes to him and says, hey, off-season, enter the transfer portal. Is that happening across the country right now? Is that a catalyst to why you're seeing so many new bodies in this portal? It's been happening since last off-season, right? The moment these position battles are laid out, the moment the on-field product creates the change it does you know coaching carousel and all that 
those calls are being made. Um, there's there's no rules against off-field A connecting with off-field B and gauging interest. So, again, you hope that you work the gray areas the right way on both ends of this thing, both program and, more importantly, player, right, as yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. These are human beings that, you know, some of them are making awful decisions to hit the portal. Some of them are going to fall forward on this thing. So you hope that that homework and those gray areas are vetted and explored before the fact. Um, unfortunately, while it is happening at a very high rate, there's the other end of it where uh, it, it's absent and it's going to cost kids scholarships, education, um, in addition to, you know, the ability to play ball at at the level they were at. A lot of a lot of players are going to have to move in, in the opposite direction that they assume when they do enter the portal. But yeah, the, the back channels, all that stuff is absolutely happening. Um, some of the portal entries we've seen, I, I started hearing about in September and October. Um, so, so that group will collectively make their move. And, and a lot of those determined, those, those destinations are predetermined yeah. when that portal announcement is made. There are others that are more wide open and conventional. Hey, I'm in the portal now. Let's see what happens. Uh, and that's, that's the group that's taking the true risk here. Because everywhere the spots are are limited, yet there's more talent available than ever before. So finding out where you fit in is is quite difficult. And a lot of these kids, unfortunately, will find out the hard way. John, there is some semblance of damage control at Baylor. And that's why I can only hope that legally there is a quarterback somewhere thinking, yeah, I, I'd like to go there. And a big part of that is that Baylor selected Blake Shapin and yes. effectively said, Gary, you're good. You can go. And that is making a statement. This player fits our style more. We can win with him more because winning is the apex. If Blake Shapin is a six and six quarterback, granted the entire, all the issues weren't on him, but Baylor had the fewest touchdown passes in the big 12 and that Gary Bohannon would have been a five and seven quarterback is kind of the statement you're making. That's just a bad, that optically is bad. Uh, if you're Baylor, how do you now sell that to someone in the transfer portal so that you don't have a QB battle between a struggling redshirt sophomore and a true freshman? I think you have to sell a skill set. I, I think it may be if you're Dave Aranda, you say, hey, did we make a mistake in this conversation, which I'm sure is, is a popular conversation topic for your audience. Do you now say, let's target that dual threat. Let's target that guy who can kind of put us on his back athletically if it's not working out schematically. Does that now become the reason why you go after this style yeah. of quarterback prospect? It's certainly possible. Um, but selling it, I, I think, will still be – I don't want to say easy. Nothing is easy. But it will still be very uh, comfortable for Baylor because you are going to sell, hey, come in and compete right now with a guy who we thought was the guy – but it might not be the case. So you're selling everyone else on this roster, the stability of, of what Baylor looks like moving towards the, the new look big 12. Um, and, and you, you highlight that, Hey, this is, this was a play away or a person away from feeling a whole lot more like 2021. Uh, so in that regard, I think you, you do have a product to sell to a player who's looking for that opportunity. If you're, you know, again, this is not speculation with these players in particular, but guys who lost out on starting gigs, just like Bohannon, you know, Cade McNamara, Hudson Card, that group of quarterback, Jay Butterfield, as we just mentioned, you want that opportunity and you feel like it's not the same opportunity at the school that you're leaving. So you just want 
that chance. While there are promises being made to certain quarterbacks and certain position players, hey, come here and you'll start day one, th those are easy to sell, but others are okay with being presented just the opportunity yeah. to be QB1, even if it's not going to be handed over. John, I wanted to I'll put it like this. I had every in, in every plan to ask you about why would these big quarterbacks come to Baylor? You know, quote, Baylor, little school Baylor. And then I started to realize Adrian Martinez at Kansas State, JT Daniels at West Virginia, uh, even a couple years ago in Chandler Morris, where he was such a big recruit, him going to TCU. It, it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to why a lot of these quarterbacks go to the certain schools they do, aside from your Dylan Gabriels, who's going to pick one of the the power five blue blood schools. For, for Baylor, though, who should fans realistically circle? Who are these quarterback names you're already seeing early that could be within striking distance of Baylor? Because it seems like McNamara is a, is a kid that belongs at a, you know, Oklahoma-style university, maybe not so much a Baylor. Yeah, I, I do think there are some self-scouting Baylor fans need to do as well. That's a very good point. I, I think, look, McNamara and Card are probably off the table. Um, I, I don't know. First of all, I don't know if Hudson Card wants to play. Hudson Card well. at Baylor University? College yeah. football just explodes. Right, right. Look, it, stranger things have happened. Um, sure. we, we've seen, uh, what, last year, Zach Calzada beat Auburn at Texas A&M and then go yeah. to Auburn. Yeah. Um, you know, crazier things have happened, and, and then he lost. Then he never contended for the job, by the way, um, on top of it. So stranger things have happened. But, yeah, I think that crop is probably – uh, beyond Baylor at this point, but again, that does Baylor target those guys again? Not, Hudson Card's a good athlete. McNamara is more stationary. Do, is is that even the goal? Right yeah. again, athletically, what does Baylor want to find in this this next quarterback? Is it someone who's going to go fit the system, or is he a dynamic enough player where you bend your system for for that quarterback? Should he win the job? It kind of makes me think of Cam Ward, who was at Incarnate Word last year transfers over to, to Washington State where it wasn't perfect, but that offense looked and felt a lot different with him yep. at the helm because they could utilize his legs and it wasn't going to be throw the ball 55 times and, and see where you where you end up there. So I do think that there's possibilities for Baylor to push athletically at that position. And I think historically, look, when we think of the best Baylor teams, at least when I think of the best Baylor teams that I've ever seen, there is a little bit of continuity at the quarterback position relative to playmaking ability and athleticism that I think is worth exploring. If you're already behind the theoretical eight ball in talent acquisition, right? You don't have the flashy NIL or a billion first round draft picks to sell to your receivers and your running backs and your offensive tackles and tight ends. And unfortunately, Baylor's in that group. If you don't have that to sell, how do you change things? You know, it, it could take one player. Uh, who you have to buy into and believe in a little bit more than than maybe he's experienced to this point. Uh, so I do think that if I'm Baylor, I'm pushing more for a true dual threat with maybe multiple years of of eligibility remaining yeah. so that independent of Blake Shapin, depending on how that battle shakes out, you've got an opportunity to have two really interesting and different scholarship quarterbacks on board beyond him going forward uh, so that would kind of be my plan so i think that's probably the ballpark butterfield is interesting you know he's he's one that uh that just came out of oregon he, he's one that hit the portal as soon as we came on that now i'm like you know it could be interesting he can move yeah. a little bit so you know you think of players like that um who really never got that true opportunity in loaded qb rooms and it works out um i think like look at robbie ashford at auburn to bring it to oregon and auburn one more time 
third or fourth string up at Oregon, goes to Auburn, struggling team. They make a change and go with the dual threat, and they end up rushing for like 250 yards several games in a row, and Auburn felt a lot different at the end of the year after their coaching change, and and he was a big part of that. I'm not saying it's that drastic at at Baylor, but that opportunity just creates a bit of a higher floor because the margin for error – grows when you've got a player who can do it on his own for lack of a better term athletically at the position and and look the game is is still moving towards that more more than it isn't sometimes and i love that you mentioned a team can be one can be one player away tcu did not pull a texas tech in recruiting and transfer portal like joey mcguire did mcguire changed the face of the program sonny dykes came in brought in his five seven guys from the portal and is now possibly going to a college football playoff so for baylor they could be a quarterback away but john before we get you out of here a couple minutes left i want to do like the lightning round of john's thoughts on now the coaching carousel that is also added on to the transfer portal out there um just like 30-second blurbs on a couple of these guys. Deion Sanders, what do you see? What do you think? It doesn't look like he's going to take the Colorado job, uh, and, I, and I don't know if I blame him for that. I think he's got an opportunity maybe elsewhere, or do you stick around and wait for, for the next round of, of firings? Because, look, these leashes are shorter than they've ever been. Dion understands that, and simultaneously he's got a great product at where he's at right now. Obviously, Georgia Tech just named uh, Brent Key their permanent head coach, so that one is is out the door. And he, for better or worse, wasn't as involved with Auburn as maybe we thought he should be. So I think there's a little bit of leverage for Dion to stay put. Uh, Colorado is it's just it's hard. That's a hard, hard job, even for the Deion Sanders of the world. Matt Rule to Nebraska, notable good guy who, after he left Baylor, some skeletons were revealed from the closet, who said his dream was to be in the NFL and has now walked that back. Rule to Nebraska. Yes, now it's about development and young men. Um, Look, I think it's it's a good fit on both fronts, though the administration there is not uh, in it for the long haul. Uh, You know, if, if you pulled the rug out of your native son in Scott Frost that quickly, I don't know how much confidence Rule can have to do what he did at Baylor and have time to build the thing. Which, John, he said he was promised four or five years in Carolina. You're not getting four or five <laughs> years in Lincoln, man. So I don't know what right. you're ready for here. Right. So, you know, can can he learn from those assumptions, we can call it, and say, hey, let me embrace this transfer portal. And let yeah. me, like, as I come back to college, let me use some of that NFL experience and leverage to say, hey, I know what it takes, blah, blah, blah. Let's let's turn this thing around right now. Maybe, you know, maybe he's got to evolve to that degree. Cause the old school, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna win with work and culture and time. It just you're not allowed, you're not afforded that opportunity anymore. So in that, in that aspect, I would have loved Matt Rule at Nebraska. Give him seven years to bring that thing back. You just don't have that time anymore. So I, I wish him luck. I think he'll embrace some newer concepts than he did at Baylor, but Nebraska, that N doesn't mean what it did when when he was in college and when he was kind of coming up in, in the sport, and that still matters more than anything else when it comes to recruiting uh, and, and your ceiling for talent acquisition. All right, last two to drop in here. Hugh Freeze at Auburn is just a firestorm, uh, <laughs> and I think – 
You know, I think that Josh Pate makes a great point, which also Auburn hiring former Arkansas State coaches. The trend continues. Yes. And Pate said the other day that the second Hugh Freeze wins 10 games, all these allegations, all these, all of this, this storm goes away. And that feels like the nature of college athletics. Your thoughts on Hugh Freeze being at Auburn, because I know I don't like it. Right. It will be it will be viewed as, hey, everyone deserves a second chance. And look, yep. look how how successful and how much you can change when you are given that chance look let's just say what it is this is about winning and recruiting this is it's not about anything else it's not about the development of young human beings it's not about uh you know the right human fit any of those things it's about hey we rolled the dice on a a west coast guy who was known for his schematics and his scheme right and brian harson it didn't work so we got what do we do we double back down to what we always used to do Offensive guy, deep south ties, win, lose, or draw, and he's beat Saban twice. Yep. That's it. Sometimes it is that simple. So offensively, and the ceiling is going to be much higher at Auburn, but at what cost? And it this is it's the era of NIL. So when you do it illegally or on the fringe of legality, it's one thing. Now, how aligned is that administration new ad and new collective everything's new at auburn how aligned can you possibly be with all these new entities at the very same time that is is where i have the biggest question marks surrounding uh hugh freeze and auburn and how he builds that staff out you know all we know is cadillac williams at this point that's going to be a big test for hugh because he's been able to get away with bringing his guys and or developmental young recruiters at different spots you can't do that at Auburn because the last guy just tried that, right? So you've got to bring in names, and I don't know who's going to put their resume under his in this day and age where while re- winning is still the most important thing, real easy to get canceled and, and go on the other side of the PC police at the same time. So who's willing to do that will be fascinating to see in the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, if I travel with him as his OC and he gets canned in two years, I'm probably not getting a good job here anytime soon. Right. Uh, John, uh, also, he's the taste in the mouth of losing by 45 to New Mexico State at home and then going to a Power 5 job. Last one, super, super quick. Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. Is there any way, even with that last win, that Fisher can salvage what's happened? I'm not sure. Um, you know, he's he's used the OC as a scapegoat here, so so Dickey is out at A&M. But we all know, look, Jimbo, Jimbo is known for not relinquishing control of his yeah. offense in particular. So... How will that perception shift? It's it's going to have to be something we don't foresee uh, at the moment. Uh, some other entity, maybe it's Wigman's development individually, and he becomes tied to Jimbo, and Jimbo now is again viewed as this QB guru that we mistakenly viewed him as for a decade. Yeah. Um, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that simple. But again, how much time is he going to have for that? Because there were a lot of different points this year where you're like, A and M can afford that big old buyout, so. How much time is he afforded to re- rebrand his own his own thing, which is supposed to be quarterback development? So if you tie that into a teenager and Connor Wiegman, very talented, SI99, all that stuff two years ago, good luck to you because there are a lot more holes on, on that roster as well. And now, by the way, you've got to bring in another offensive coordinator to, to, to rein in on top of it. So I'm not sure beyond 2023 how this thing looks in College Station. And and look, recruiting has shown us that. Uh, they've got like 12 verbal commitments. Yeah. Don't have a quarterback verbally committed right now. 
it is it is borderline shocking what, what has gone down in College Station since the apex of the number one recruiting class in December and, and February. And 200 miles away, Sonny Dykes is going to the college football playoff in also year number that. one. So that doesn't help. John, thanks so much, as always, for coming on. I know I ran you over time here today, too. Uh, if people want to find you out there, hopefully we can get you 1,000 followers because of this. Where can they get you? Yeah, well, follow me on Twitter, John Garcia underscore JR. We're talking ball at every level uh, pretty much every day. So come hang out. Come back tomorrow on Locked On Baylor as we break down Baylor men's basketball, which also doesn't look very good right now, and their matchup with Gonzaga tomorrow on Locked On. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Baylor.